following audio is a Sunday sermon from Red Church in Blackburn, Australia. For more information about the church and its ministry, please go to www.redchurch.org.au. Hello everyone. I'm going to add my welcome. My name's Ryan. I'm uh, an apprentice minister here at Red Church. Great to, great to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. I think the only people group that Bjorn didn't say welcome to was the regulars. <laughs> Do you notice that? <laughs> welcome to the regulars. <laughs> We're going to start, I'm going to start with just uh, with reading the Bible. It's always a good place to start. See if this works. There you go. We're, uh, if you've got the pew Bibles, these, these um, red Bibles, um, grab those. Page 820. Page 820, Philippians 4. If you don't have a Bible, if you're visiting today, if you don't have a Bible, this is yours. Just put your name in the front, take it home with you. It's not stealing. Let's, let's read the Word of God together. Oh, there you go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray quickly before, uh, before I get into this. Lord, speak to us this morning. Lord, we crave that peace that transcends all understanding. Lord, have your way in this place. Any words that uh, come from Ryan, just let them disappear, fall to the floor. But if any words that come from you in this, in this talk this morning, let them penetrate hearts and change lives, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you love us and you guide us. Yeah, use this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. So... I thought I'd start by just talking a bit about uh, the Christmas break. I don't know if you had a good Christmas break. Mine, I, uh, I spent the first week just before Christmas, actually. I wasn't here for the pre-Christmas service. I already had to leave. And we spent the week on the beach just relaxing. It was fantastic. Um, uh, Joey and the kids and me. And with her side of the family, it was a, just, just a relaxing time. And then this last week, um, for those of you, we have a mid-sized group that meets at my house. Um, and it's been slowly renovated through the year. So you would have seen it in different states of completion. And I feel like maybe it's now close to completion. Because this week I, I, just, I just powered through a load of jobs. I got, went into task mode, went into that like task orientated. I created, created a list, defect list. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put the door stops on. I'm going to get that. I don't know if you've ever done a renovation. You've probably, um, you know, we've been in 18 months. I still hadn't put the door stops on. So I put the door stops on. It's like, woo. Um, but one of the big things that we decided we were going to do this Christmas break, use this week, the front, it's really funny because inside the house it looks, you come in through the door and people have this reaction when they step in the door, that, oh, you've actually, you, you're pretty much finished in here because outside was like a junkyard. It was like everything had just been, there was bricks in the garden, the fence had kind of half gone up, but it was this, that primed yellow colour. And I think the, the, the culminate, what prompted me to want to do this is a neighbour 
who we were in the park with the kids, and this, this guy's got kids too, and he was, like, he was like, so which house are you? You know, that introductory chat. And I'm like, oh, the one opposite the little shop. And he was like, oh, with the yellow fence? And I'm like, oh, wait, I, that's primed. I haven't painted it. He was like, oh, I just thought you had really bad taste. I thought, like, I thought that's the, oh, no. People think that that's the colour I've chosen. for the, So I decided that's it. I'm going to get out there. We went and bought the paint. White, surf mist white. There's a hundred different white. Who knows? Anyway, so I decided I'm going to get this fence painted and I'm going to plant the front garden. So we went and bought the plants, we bought the paint, and we, we're going to get stuck into it. And I decided, I just, it was not, you know, New Year's is an arbitrary date, but I decided I had to get it done in 2018. It just had to be done. So through that, throughout the week, I'm like ticking off this list of jobs, and I get to New Year's Eve, and the fence still isn't painted, and the garden's not planted. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, we've got kids, so we're not going out for New Year's anyway. I'm going to get this... And I just went in, the kids went down, seven o'clock bedtime, bath time, in bed, and I'm like, right, that fence is getting painted. So I got out there, and I'm, I'm in, you know, got sun cream on, even at that time of night, I'm very English, and I'm, and I'm, I'm painting this fence. And the neighbours are kind of like walking past, people walking their dogs, like, that's an interesting choice for New Year's. I'm like, just like, task-focused, determined. And at about nine o'clock, I finished. I finished the fence, painting, paintbrush down, covered in paint, and I'm like, I'm going to plant the garden, so I get, I get the, the shovel, and I'm like, put out all the plants, I'm like, Joe, come out, where do you want all the plants? So she's picking the plants, and I, I planted this garden, it was only like nine or ten plants, small garden, and I'm like, but I got, I'd got it done, and then I went and got a cold beer, and I sat out on this veranda looking at what I'd accomplished, and I'm like, and this weird thing happened where I'm like, I, f- I feel like I've set myself up. Like, I've done it. I'm, uh, this 2018's nearly finished. I've got it. I've painted that fence. Like, um, the garden's planted. Like, I, d- I felt, in my spirit, I felt like, I felt phenomenal. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if you're a task-driven person as well. You've ever had this feeling where you're like, yes, done it. I felt like I'd set myself up for 2019. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. But as I'm sat there having this beer, I'm like, is this true? Have I really set myself up for 2019? Is, this, is that what it's about? Ticking something off a list? Getting a fence painted? Is that how we set ourselves up for success? So I think there was a disconnect between what I was feeling and truth. So I wanted to start today by pondering this question. What does it look like to set myself up for success in 2019? So I've been thinking about that since, since that, that evening, because I knew I was speaking today. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, that's how I felt. But what does it look like? What does it really look like to set ourselves up for success? When you look into uh, New Year's resolutions, and it's really interesting, when you walk around the shops, if you go, like, go into any, any of the major shops, they play on this, these New Year's resolutions. And most people's New Year's resolutions feature around um, health, around some sort of life change, you know, change something up, you know, change your job or, you know, change your car or, you know, change where you're living or time choices. A lot of New Year's resolutions are around time choices. How am I going to spend my time? And a lot of them around organisations. It's really funny. I, I walked into Ikea over the, um, over, over the break and um, as we walked into Ikea, there's a big, big sign that says, get yourself organised in 2019. It's like, 
yeah, if I'm, if I'm healthy and I'm organised, I'll be successful. That's kind of, you know, a lot of advertising goes into that and a lot of, uh, that's where, where our thoughts can often, often go to. That's how you set yourself up for success. But as I thought about it more, I started to think, what, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say that success is? When we go into Scripture, when we go into Scripture, how does Scripture define success? So that's a good starting point as we unpack this question. So I dived into, onto, a, onto the Bible Gateway and just did some searches for success and Bible studies around success. And really interestingly, the one that just, just was so profound and had an impact as I was thinking, mulling this over, was this story of, um, of King David. It's actually, he's, he's near the end of his life. He's on his deathbed. And he's passing on this wisdom this, this, he's, he's had this anointing on his life. And, and this guy, he'd accomplished a lot in his life. Like, this is the king, the king of the people of God. And this is, and he'd accomplished a lot. And this is him on his, on his deathbed, passing on his, these pearls of wisdom, passing them on to Solomon, his son. This is what it says. As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son, Solomon. I'm going when, where everyone on earth must go someday. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord, your God, and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, the commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you'll be successful in all you do wherever you go. I found that so intriguing I think we often think of success as the thing we need to aim at. If we go after success, then we'll we'll lead a good life. When actually what King David is saying here is follow God, go after following God, and then success is this byproduct that happens. When we follow God, success is the stuff that also happens. Some translations of this say you'll be successful in wherever you go, whatever you do. It's like the details are kind of irrelevant. It doesn't matter if I got the fence painted. If I follow God, success is just what's going to happen. That's what it is to lead a successful life. So as I was mulling over this, I was thinking about, you know, doing what the Lord commands, what his teachings say we should do. And how do we set ourselves up for that? How do we set ourselves up so that we can just do what the Lord says? And it got, me, it got me thinking and reframing that question. How do I set myself up for success? See, really, success, if success is the byproduct, we don't need to set ourselves up for it. We need to go after God, which causes the success to just occur. That's what we need to do. So help me reframe this question to this. What does it look like to set myself up for spiritual growth? In 2019, you see, if we um, if we go after success, if we go after the health, the life changes, the um, the organisation by buying the IKEA furniture, whatever the, those things are, those can, those are not bad things in and of themselves. But we're missing out on God. Whereas when we go after God, when we go after spiritual growth that enables us to receive God in a, in a more full way, and we set ourselves up for that spiritual growth, success will be the byproduct of our lives. So that's the question 
I want us to really ponder on today. What does it look like to set ourselves up for spiritual growth this year? What does it look like to set ourselves up for spiritual growth, nourishment this year? I've got a, um, I've got a three-year-old, he's nearly four, Gideon, and um, it was pretty funny after that, that New Year's Day, he gets up and we're, we're, we're going out for a walk and he opens the door and he's like, <gasps> didn't notice my fence, but he did notice these plants, <gasps> daddy, someone's planted the plants, there's plants in the garden, I was like, yeah, that was me, and he's like, no, I didn't see you do it, this is his logic, no, no. No, you were in here with me. Someone's been out here and planted. It's like, yeah, after you went to bed, I, I put in the plants. He was like, oh. He goes and stands next to them. He goes, they're just going to grow. They're going to be, he's like, they're going to be taller than me. I'm like, well, some of them, some of them are creepers, actually. So, um, <laughs> didn't want to burst his bubble, but. Like, yeah, that's right, they'll just grow. He goes, that's amazing. Anyway, we go out for this walk, and every, for the next couple of days, he's walking past. He was like, they grow? Like, what makes them grow? Does it just happen? So I'm like, oh, do I go into the hole? Is he, he's four, photosynthesis, do I, where do I go, where do I draw the line? <laughs> so I started to explain to him, this is, this is how plants grow, this is how nature grows, this is the rules of the universe, this is what makes things grow, and actually, as I started unpacking these things that the plants use to grow, you just realise that this is used all the way through the Bible, you'll see it littered all the way through the Bible. And there's three things. There's three things that plants need. They need fertile ground. They need good soil. They need this fertile ground. This good soil that's talked about in Matthew 13, 8, the good soil. The fertile ground is, is, is not just a physical location. It's the posture to be in fertile ground. It's the placement of the plant in fertile ground. And it's the choice, the posture of the heart. The second is, is light. It's the word of God. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. It's the word of, the, the light is what plants need, and the light is what we need as well. And the third is the water. The w- plants need water. Gideon knows that one because he loves spraying the water. So the, the presence of Christ. John, John 7, 37, come to me all who are thirsty. This is Christ. If we, if we want to grow, we need three things. We need fertile ground. We need to put ourselves in a position where we'll flourish. We need light, we need the word of God in our lives, and we need water. We need the presence of Christ. If you've got those three things, if you're positioning yourself this year for those three things, then you are setting yourself up for growth in 2019. Now, a lot of people here are going, yeah, 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 yeah. I know this. Heard this sermon before, Ryan. Got this. Tempting to check out here. Yeah, tick, 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 fertile ground, light, water. Yeah, heard those ones. I know those Bible verses, they're pretty famous. Um, so I just, I just want to ask, that Bible verse passage that we started with, this peace that transcends all understanding, do you have that in every situation in your life? Do you experience this peace that transcends all understanding at your lowest moments? at the peaks of life, at the troughs of life? Do you have more faith in your life than fear? Do you have more peace in your life than worry, than anxiety? 
Where would you put yourself on that spectrum? If you can plot yourself on a spectrum between this peace that passes all understanding, peace that surpasses all understanding, and the way of the world which is often governed by fear and anxiety and worry, if you plotted yourself on that spectrum, do you want to move closer to the peace that surpasses all understanding? Or do you want to stay where you are? I think that in a year's time, we all want to look back on 2019 and just go, wow, God, look what you've done. Look how you've grown me. I'm, ch- I'm a changed person. Look back on 2019 and go, God, how have you done this? I'm a different person now than I was a year ago. We all want that. That's, we all want to walk with Jesus and experience that. So I wanted to unpack why that doesn't always happen. And I've, as I was thinking about this message and uh, mulling it over and discussing it with people and just thrashing ideas around, I kind of came to this, this realisation, there's three different kind of people groups. When we talk about growth, there's three different schools of thought towards growth, which can just be massive roadblocks that stop us from pressing into this growth of God. And I just wanted to unpack those with you today, and maybe you'll see yourself in one or any number of these. So the first people group is this. I've called these mindset barriers to growth. The first people group is this. I don't want spiritual growth. I don't want it. This this is a a closed person. It's it's tempting to think of this person as, oh, they must just be outside the church. But actually, I think there's people that live in this posture inside the church. I think of um, a, a time, it can be quite confronting to grow. There can be this fear behind it. I, um, I haven't always been a Christian, and when I, uh, before I had a faith, I, um, I was staying over at a mate's house um, in the UK. I was quite a bit younger than I am now. Um, and um, they happened to be doing, th- th- this family was a Christian family. That he, this guy that was a, a friend of mine was pretty solid. He was solid in his faith. He was just a Christ follower, and so were his parents. And um, he was a good man of mine, and I was, I, was, I was sleeping over at his house. And um, they were doing a bathroom reno at the time, so the bathroom was, was out of action. Um, and I, I knew, knew the family pretty well, and his mum and dad said, oh, in the morning, just come in, use our ensuite, and you can just... Um, you can just have a shower in our ensuite. And I just, so the, I'm in this Christian house. I'm a pretty hardcore atheist at the time. And I walked, I walked in. I had a, you know, a towel and a wash can. I, walked, I knocked. It's like, yeah, come in. Walk in. And there's his mum and dad in bed. And they both sat reading the Bible. I was like, oh. <laughs> I distinctively remember thinking, oh, that would, I don't want to become like that. That scares me. I had this fear of what I would have to become like if I became more like Christ. Maybe some of you can relate to that. I, um, I think sometimes the enemy can, can sow this lie into our lives. And the lie comes from this fear. And really, the lie, the crux of the lie is, I'll be worse off if I become more like Christ. I have to sacrifice more. I might have to give up more. I have less fun. I will become worse off if I become more like Christ. And it is a lie. 
It is a complete lie. The reality is this. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These fruits of the Spirit, these just the nourishment, the gold in life that comes only from Christ. If we go after Christ, we lead a more full, uh, uh, just a more nourishing life. So this lie, this lie that exists, which is around this fear of change that causes us to step back from spiritual growth, I think the enemy just wants to, to, the enemy is rife. And what God wants to speak into that is, come to me, all who are thirsty. I'll change you. So I'm just going to pray over that people group. So I'm actually going to do something weird. I'm going to get everyone to stand. Just close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just going to pray if anyone here is in that space. And if this is you, just echo these words in your heart for yourself. If you don't relate to this group, just pray over this room generally. Lord, thank you. Thank you for how you want us to grow. And I just ask, Lord, for you to speak to our hearts. Have us adopt a posture of willingness. Have us move towards that peace that surpasses all all understanding. Have us lay down any fear of change, any fear of being worse off by following you. And replace that, Lord, with the truth now, your truth, that we are going to lead a more flourishing life as we step into you. I pray for any people here that are experiencing that fear, and I pray um, that that leaves in the name of Jesus so that this people group can be set up for more growth, Growth of the Spirit, Lord, in 2019. Amen. Okay, sit down. Second people group. Second people group. Similar but a little bit different. I don't need growth. I don't need God's growth. I think there's two different types of people in this category. I think one type of person has believed this lie that I'm okay the way I am. I can just put up with it. I'm okay here. I can stay here. And the second type of person in this group is perhaps thinking, but God's done a lot. God's done a a whole heap of stuff. Is his work already done? I think these are both lies, lies from the enemy. The truth is, God loves you more than you can ever imagine. God's heart for you is huger than you can ever imagine. God cares so passionately and deeply about you. If there was only you in the world, God would have still sent his son for you. That's how much God loves you. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. And the second group that, that maybe feel that God's already done some stuff, I just want to say this apprenticeship, apprenticeship to Jesus is a lifelong journey. If you maybe have seen God at work in your life and you're thinking maybe he's finished, God has so much planned with your lives. God has a, a unique mission, a unique calling on your life. And as you press into him, he's just going to open your eyes to that. So if you're in this category, if you feel like maybe 
you've believed this lie that you don't need this spiritual growth, that you're, you can stay where you're, at, where you're at, or maybe God's already done a whole heap of work. My, my caution to you is there, is there is only a forward and reverse in the, in the gospel. In, in spiritual talk, you're either, you are always in motion. You're being discipled towards Christ or away from Christ. Please don't stand still. And my encouragement to you is not only we need you as a church to become more Christ-like, but it is just you are going to experience so much joy by being in motion towards Christ. There is no better trip than moving towards Christ. So I'm going to pray over this people group so you know what to do now. Everyone can stand up again. Sorry the people taking notes. Lord, for anyone here that's believed this lie or these lies, that I'm okay where I'm at or that God maybe has already finished or already done what he wants to do, I just want to speak that truth into that place. Lord, change, change postures, orientate hearts towards you and see so they can see your goodness. Have us drawn, Lord, to you to your goodness, to your way over our lives. No matter how old we are, Lord, no matter whether we're in our 20s or our 30s or our 50s or our 60s or our 80s, Lord, we want to continue to grow towards you to see your glory flow through our lives. Use us, Lord. Keep us being apprentices in this lifelong journey. I pray particularly for anyone in the room that has, this has resonated with. I pray uh, an openness of heart, an openness of eyes and ears to hear and see what you're doing. Help us press in towards you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat again. I did say there's only three people groups. You are only going to have to stand one more time. It's a bit of a workout, I know. So the, uh, the third people group is this. People that believe that just by aging, you're going to experience spiritual growth. Billy Graham said, uh, sometimes we get caught thinking that spiritual growth is just like growing up. This is a lie. I think, um, I think it was Daniel that said, I don't know if you quoted someone, but I'm going to quote you, Daniel. Sorry if it wasn't your quote. Um, Daniel said to me, I remember him saying, in 20 years, I don't want to be a one-year-old Christian that's been doing this for 20 years. I want to be a 20-year-old Christian. We can believe this lie that we can just set and forget our faith. We can just um, put into practice some basics. We can, we can believe this lie by turning up 52 Sundays a year. We're going to grow it's not true. We can believe this lie that um, if I sign up um, to do hospitality, if I sign up for a couple of programs, if I do a few things at church, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is that we can choose to sign up for and turn up, we can believe that that, just by being around, will lead to spiritual growth. It's not actually true. Now, they're good things. Being committed turning up, volunteering, serving others. They're all good things. But the, the truth is that following Christ requires an active posture of your heart, 
You actually need to lean in to what God is doing. We need to press towards God in our posture, in our spirit, to allow God to grow us. So that's the third people group. They they believe that aging equals spiritual growth, and it's not true. So I'm just going to pray over that group. We can stand again. How the thighs, Bjorn? Going all right? Yeah, good workout. Lord, for anyone here that's perhaps being caught just going through the motions, maybe even uh, not intentionally, maybe there's, maybe there's someone here that's been coming to church for five years, for ten years, for a lifetime. Maybe there's someone that um, has been serving in church for a long time. Maybe there's been someone that's just assuming that um, they can grow outside the church. I just want to cast out any lie, Lord, that growing up is the same as spiritual growth. And I just ask that you replace that with a truth that we need to change our posture and lean towards you, Christ. Lean into what you want to do in our lives. Follow you with our lives so that we can experience this growth, this spiritual growth that only you can bring. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And grab a seat again. So they're the, mind, they're the mindset barriers that I think God just wants to blow away this morning so that we can just lean into the spiritual growth. And as we've overcome those, as we've looked at ourselves and gone, where do I sit? What do I actually believe about spiritual growth? How am I going to set myself up? You can be left with that question, yeah, but, but how? How do I set myself up for this spiritual growth in 2019? And that comes right back to where we started this fertile ground, this light, this water, the good soil, the word of God, the presence of Christ. It's really interesting. Growth doesn't happen if you remove just one of these. If you have two out of three, you're not going to grow. You need all three. That's just the reality of how it works. For some people, um, fertile ground might be an issue. For some, people, for some people, you might be visiting here today because you, you're looking for fertile ground. For some people, you might be visiting here today because you're fleeing fertile ground. It's scary a bit. Fertile ground is where we plant ourselves. We need to position ourselves and posture ourselves in a place where we can flourish in our faith, where we can grow before God. So that's the first thing. If, if, if that's the missing ingredient for you, Pursue fertile ground. It's really interesting in fertile ground. It's like um, you, can be plant, you can be surrounded by fertile ground but choose not to be planted there. There's, um, there's people in churches who um, perhaps don't look to their right and left for wise counsel, perhaps aren't pressing into what's happening in the sermon, the word of God that's been speaking, spoken over them. So this choice of being in fertile ground is a choice of the posture. Think about your life right now. Who has God brought into your life in your fertile ground? Who is God asking you to listen to? Who is God using to speak to you? If you're a regular here, you're part of the fertile ground. Who's God choosing for you to speak to? Who's God choosing for you to invest in? For you to provide nourishment to? So planting ourselves in fertile ground is number one. 
light, the word of God. If we're going to rely on just, and I did this for many, many years, how much did I read the Bible? In church on a Sunday. This sustenance, this, this holy book that God has provided us with to learn from, this is the number one way God is going to speak to you. We, we just have to make this part of our rhythm. We have to make it part of our win the day or win the evening. We have to, we have to make this part of our, the ebb and flow of life. We have to entwine the word of God into our daily routines. And this water, this presence of Christ. I, uh, 18 months ago, I started uh, uh, mentoring with, a, with a, uh, uh, um, an older, he's not old, he's just older, um, an older, wiser guy. And, um, and the first question he asked me, me was, so how's your love relationship with Jesus? I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? The presence of Christ in your life. How much time are you spending with Jesus? When do you sit with Jesus? When do you ask Jesus to speak to you? It was a huge question in my life. How's your love relationship with Jesus? These are the three ingredients that we need. This is where we need to press into. And it's really interesting. It can be, this, this can, maybe can come across here as a bit like, this is what you need to do. Do this. God promises. This is, the, this is the, an invitation. God promises that when we do this, we're going to experience growth. It's not, a, uh, it's not a get the ingredients and labor to make the growth happen. God says, here's the door. Come in. Welcome. Come to this fertile ground. I'm always going to provide you light. I'm always going to shine on you. In Isaiah, rise, shine, for your light has come. It's a guarantee. The presence of God, the presence of Christ in your life is promised. This Holy Spirit that is promised to all believers, we don't have to work for it's liberating. It's free. We just, we just step into. There's an invitation today to choose to step into what God is inviting us, what God has laid out before us. C.S. Lewis in, in Mere Christianity says this, God made us. He invented us as man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol or electricity. That's my added. And it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He is, he himself is the fuel. Our spirits were designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. If I try and use the fuel of me painting that fence to feed my spirit, it's going to burn out really quickly. In fact, news day I woke up and I realized I hadn't fitted the gate hardware. And I'm like, oh, the list continues. That's the reality of life. There'll always be work. There'll always be a list. Unless we come to God... This is our nourishment. This is our fuel, our food for our spirit. It's just there. 
We don't need to, we don't need to work for it. We don't need to labor for it. We just need to step into it. And that's how we experience growth in 2019. I was thinking about my journey, my growth in faith, particularly over the last four years. Um, I'm, I'm part-time here. I'm part-time in industry as well. And um, I've always been renowned as one of those um, oh, really good under pressure. He's really good. I put him on a problem project. He's kind of, you know, he's cool, cool as a cucumber. And I always thought I, was, I just had this peace while quietly at night I was grinding my teeth. Right? Stress affects all people. There's no exception. Um, and then something strange happened very late last year. I um, was leading this project, and uh, I'd left work for the day. <coughs> I'd left work for the day, and, um, and I got this email on my phone. Um, it's about 6, six o'clock-ish. Um, and this email basically said... We, We'd submitted this, uh, a, a colleague of mine that was leading, it, leading this piece for me, he, he'd sent off this, um, this piece and he'd made an admin error. It's just an administrative error. I'd like got, a, got a, I don't know, some figures mixed up. And we basically, the long and the short of it was this email said, this email said, oh, that's it now. Um, you're now precluded from, and it was, it was around, it was hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. It was like $550 million of revenue. It was like, oh, you, you're not entitled to go after that anymore. That's closed. And I'm like, oh dear. This is a... And old Ryan would have just gone into panic mode and tried to get things under control. Like, but I just stepped back and thought, well, this looks very final. This is an official email saying, that's it. You can't go after this revenue. But actually, God's got me doing what I'm doing. I'm sure of that. And actually, I don't know how this is going to pan out. Maybe we will lose this revenue or maybe we won't. But... Actually, I just had, and it's hard to describe because it is a piece that surpasses all understanding. I'm just like, I just felt comfortable about it. Like, it's really weird. And I'm like, anyway, so I I ring this guy and I just explain to him, oh, look, it seems like you made an error in this report you did. And yeah, they've closed the door. And yeah, that's, that's, you know, half a billion of revenue gone. Um, and he went into panic mode. He was like, <gasps> like you could, you, when, when you're on the phone, you can hear someone's posture. He would have been like, and, uh, and I said, don't worry, look, we, we'll sort it out in the morning, um, but just to see where the admin error was in your, in your document. Hang on. Anyway, I went, went in the next morning, and uh, I get in the office, and I reckon he'd been pacing and waiting for me to get in, and he came into my office, and he's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Eva? Like, I can't understand it. And I'm like, just calm. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be, we're just going to, we'll send an email. We'll ask about it. It's going to be okay. And he's like, I, I can't believe you're so, how can you be so cool about this ride? He's getting frustrated at me. And I'm like, I was a little bit, you know, I'm trying to calm him down and, you know, do a bit of pastoral care for this guy. <laughs> and, and, he was, and he was just frustrated that I wasn't worked up about this. And I'm like, it's, good. It's, it's honestly, I just know it's going to be, how do you know? How could you know that? How could you know? And I said, I was like, well, he's asked. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, listen, mate, look, I'm a Christian. And look, I just, I just get a sense that God's just going to clear this all up. Don't, let's not stress about it. He was like, <laughs> I said, I'm going to write an email. We'll send this email off and we'll just clear up clear up the error. I was like, but they've said it's final, that's it. You can't. Don't, look, look, calm down. So I said, and I'll tell you what, 
I'm not toying with him a bit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, before we send the email, we'll just lay hands on the computer screen and pray. <laughs> He's like, this is your plan? <laughs> so I write this email. Can't proofread it, turn my screen around. He's like, Oh, I suppose that's the best we're going to be able to... It's like, well, there was nothing else we can do, and he's, like, defeated. I was like, all right, do you want to lay hands? <laughs> so I put my hand on the computer screen. I just said, dear Lord, we just ask for your blessing in this. Your will be done. And just sent it. I was like, all right, let's get on, let's get on with the day kind of thing. He's like, he walked out still, like, left it on you. I've got to let this glass. I see him walk out. <laughs> poor guy, poor guy. About two hours later, he calls me. He says, you won't believe this, Ryan. They've emailed back saying, yeah, that's, yeah, no worries. I understand it was an admin error. You're all good. I was like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Wallace, 18 months ago, wasn't capable of that. Ryan Wallace probably six months ago wasn't capable of that. But choosing to plant myself in fertile ground, choosing for the light, the word of God, to define my walk, choosing to go after the presence of Christ, go after that living water of Christ, has changed me. And that's all that happened there. I just went to God. I went to a peace that surpassed all understanding rather than fear, anxiety, worry, control over a situation. And it's so much better. It's so much easier. God is the fuel for your life. So as we set ourselves up for 2019, as we set ourselves up for that growth, let's think about that. Let's think about where does God want us? How does God want to speak to us with the light of his word in our weekly, in our daily routines? And how does God want us to invite the presence of Christ into our lives every day? The band's going to come up now. And I'm going to pray before we worship again together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for how you want to see us grow into more Christ-likeness. Thank you for how you love us too much to leave us where we're at. Thank you for how your plan for our lives is more flourishing, more joyful, more peaceful than anything we could imagine, anything we could plan for ourselves. Lord, as we, as a church, posture ourselves for 2019, as we set ourselves up to allow you to flourish in our lives this year, speak to us, Speak to us in worship now. Speak to us through your word this week. Let any words that are from you from today resonate in our ears, in our hearts, Lord. Penetrate our hearts. Show us the things you want us to put us into practice so that we can grow spiritually this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.